welcome back. Hey. Uh, what are we on? Episode 35, right? 35. I think so. <laughs> right on. So we're going to, uh, uh, you know, I, this used to be our tagline back in the day. I don't think we've said it a long time, but it's just continue our dream of drinking online. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so really excited to have uh, some of the guys from Stormcloud on tonight. Uh, so we're going to get into, um, I ran up there actually yesterday with, with Amy, uh, took a little uh, COVID road trip, uh, grabbed a bunch of beer uh, that they, they graciously donated to the cause. Um, so I appreciate that. But so we've got a, a pretty, pretty deep table of storm cloud beer to get through tonight. Um, and yeah. How long a drive is that for you? So it's about three hours. Each way? Yeah. Each way, three hours out, lunch and beers, swung by uh, Five Shores and hung out with Ellie for a bit. Uh, that'll be a show that'll come later. Um, uh, yeah, we're going to get Ellie, Ellie and the Five Shore crew on, uh, hopefully in April, I think. Uh, awesome. But you, you guys have some Five Shore beers already. So, uh, yeah, and then three hours back. So it was a hell of well, a thanks. day. Nice way to spend yeah. Sunday. So, yeah. Yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah. Let's try friends on. some time. Yeah, well, I was watching the camera, and so let's give him Chris. We got Chris Schnepf, right? Did I say your name right? Hello. What's going on, Chris? Uh, so Chris, uh, we, and then we've also got Brian Confer. So he's running late. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I was stalling until he came back on camera. So we got so Brian is uh, the the co-owner and head brewer at uh, Stormcloud Brewery uh, Brewing, and then uh, we got Chris, which is his lead brewer. Um, pouring a rainmaker, I think we've all got it in the glass, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. so I do my the AMSR candle. There you go, <laughs> rainmaker ale. So, one of the cheers. things you know, yeah, cheers, cheersies. So, that's your that's that's uh, kind of storm clouds, um, thing, right? You're 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 a Belgian inspired um brewery, so. Correct. Tell me a little bit about that. Why did you get into this and say, I'm going to go Belgian beer? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, Belgian inspired is probably the best way to put it. Although we do, I mean, the majority of what we do is, is, is Belgian yeast or, and or traditional Belgians. Um, this brewery was a, a long time in the making. Um, I don't even remember when I started working on the plan, but it, it took about 10 years to get it off the ground um, and we've been open for six or seven years now. And in that, uh, in the 10 years, uh, you know, where I started working on the plan and getting it open, um, the scene, the, the, the scene changed a lot in Northern Michigan. It certainly changed a lot in the last seven years in the, in the entire state. But, um, I've always had a, a, a love of Belgian beer. Um, I've never been to Belgian. Belgium. I just really dig the beer. Um, had some uh, defining moments involving Belgian beer and food. Um, but back when we were we were planning this, you know, there weren't any northern Michigan breweries doing Belgian ales. Uh, I mean, there really was only Shorts and Ripe Brain. Ripe Brain did a, a few mm -hmm. of them, but. Um, they kind of circled the wagons and, and stopped doing them. 
shorts, which, you know, who does kind of everything now and certainly yeah. has a lot of Belgians under their belt, weren't, weren't doing them at all at the time. Um, and uh, Jason, I know you, you've been to Frankfurt. I'm not sure if, if the other guys have or not, but no, we're, we're a little off the beaten no. path. And uh, we're about 45 minutes west of Traverse City, um, an hour if you're behind an RV. <laughs> and uh, I just didn't. I, I just didn't seem to me like with right brain and, and shorts really setting the scene, not only in Northern Michigan, but at the time, kind of being big players in the state um, for reputation. I just felt like it'd be really good to not do another IPA. You know, um, mm -hmm. if you're if you're, we thought that we were going to need people to come out from Traverse city on a daily basis for this thing to work. It hasn't entirely played out that way, but, um, and I guess I just wanted to give them something to come out for other than what they could already get at a high level in Traverse city. Right. I mean, that was, I think that was kind of the, the, the basis of it. I, I think that's actually my introduction to storm cloud was, I think sitting at right brain going, let's go check out that, you know, brewery over there on the lakeshore yeah. and then getting, getting to your place and going, why, did, why don't, why don't we come here? Like that was, <laughs> <laughs> did you get, did you get stuck behind an RV on the way? Out? No, no, no. But it, it was really cool coming into town, you know, coming through the, the, the gateway thing that you guys, the gateway. Yeah. yeah. By um, the way, one of our uh, employees, uh, Char, lives right at the top of the gateway and um she would really like me to put in a plug for all of the people who honk their horn when they go under the gateway <laughs> under the <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, that's awesome i i'm pretty sure i've done it too man so yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, i've done it too and i live here so. i only do it when she's in her yard and i'm in the storm yeah. cloud band <laughs> nice, nice. We, uh, but yeah, that's recently... uh, that might. Oh, go ahead, Brian. No, no, it, it's like almost completely unrelated. But uh, Shane and I, my girlfriend, we were joking yesterday. We just opened a, or we didn't open, but a uh, a Panda Express just opened down the the road from our house, and it's it's backing up traffic into the street. <laughs> and so we we get to hear people honking for a different reason, more uh, oh right stuff because yeah. we can't get you know Chinese mall food, but. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I sort of feel her pain, I guess. Yeah, yeah I don't know. We don't care what car things. Just honk your horn. Like <laughs> All right. No, no. <laughs> so, Brian and Jordan, and, and anybody watching, you got to Google it. Uh, Google the Frankfurt Gateway or something like that. I'm sure it'll come right up, or just Frankfurt, Michigan. Uh, you drive through like two li uh, lighthouses with a bridge uh, going through them or something and huh. it's really cool it's uh yeah it's, and really it's at the top of the picture. hill it's it's a cool view from up there and it's <clears throat> yeah it's it's pretty it's a pretty cool uh experience coming over the hill and under that gateway and then seeing the lake out yep. you know 10 15 blocks away or whatever it is oh uh, yeah yeah how, how do people know that like honking their horn is like a thing like that wouldn't even like <laughs> pop into my head like <laughs> is there a sign well, I, I think it happens spontaneously, and and then also it helps Excited. when we get the word out. Yep. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. So so everybody watching the show now knows to do it too. I guess. Right, <laughs> right on. 
so tell us about Rainmaker. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah. It's what are we drinking? I'm just sitting here slamming it. Well, Rainmaker. Um, I got my start as a home brewer. It's it's a little bit, possibly a little bit different story than some home brewer stories, but um, <clears throat> you know, I just I, I I don't can't really recall where the inspiration came from, but I, I I know that there was a beer that I brewed that was a Belgian pale ale that I called Rainmaker. I think it was after the fact. That was the third home brew that I ever did, and something about it. Um, just clicked, and, and and I knew I was going to be trying to brew Belgian traditionals, um, but you know this this five percent Belgian pale ale it's grown to six percent because I think it's a better beer at six percent. But um, <laughs> was um, I just I don't know it, it hit the spot. It was you know sessionable, I guess as it far is. as yeah, Belgian yeah. beers go, and. Uh, I just kept brewing it and you know it, it probably was in the in the brew in the in the basement brew cycle you know probably every third or fourth beer i brewed was another variation on this beer so it's right. it's 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 been in existence for a good long time um long before the brewery was open it, it's it's a great beer it's just like a little little like biscuity little like kind of caramely like it's it's yep. like delicious I, and you know i was talking i can't remember who i was talking to the other day i was talking it might have been you jason when you said you were going to storm cloud <clears throat> and how you guys do a lot of belgian stuff and i i was saying i can't remember the last time i brewed a belgian beer or ordered a belgian beer um because i i mean it's just not people aren't making them right you know like, like yeah you saying, i mean I, you know like, not I, I mean, there's certainly breweries that make them um, as a one, you know, they're in their oh, rotation. Sure. Um, okay. It's it's getting harder to find the traditional Belgians in the state for sure. Um, I know at Siciliano's at Grand Rapids, they're, you know, they've got a little of everything and it's getting harder for them to get mm. traditional Belgian style beers. In in uh, Traverse City here, um, Lefe Blonde, which is a pretty good blonde, um, this, it's been pulled from the market up here. The distributors just don't carry it, so it doesn't matter right. if the if the store wants it; they just can't get it, even from the distributor. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's funny. I, I don't, you know, in the craft beer scene, it's I think it's pretty rare to see a Belgian down here. Anyway, I, I'm not familiar. I know Bell's does one. I'm sure. I'm, I'm just uh, they do a few. I don't yeah, think many. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a regular uh, offering, and I don't think we have a lot of them on tap. But in my travels, I tend to see that all over the country. Like, um, but there's, there's, it seems like every place has uh, someone with your mindset. You know, like in Indianapolis, you have like, a, what is it, Brass Taxman? Taxman, yeah. Well, what was mm. the one you just mentioned? Uh, Bruges de Brasserie. I think I had. Yeah, it it's a, a, a little, a little pub. It's yeah, all big. they do is. Yeah, yeah, I've been there. All they do is Belgians. Uh, yeah. I, I, we, I work out in California and I know, you know, California, you've got Brewery Tarot and um, right on. I think, They've been around you know, a they long focus time. a lot on Belgians. And, yeah, yeah there's, so they're, they're all over the place. It seems like it's growing. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, uh, I'm working with a, a, a brewery in um, Denver uh, Brews. I don't know those guys. I just reached out to them. But during a CBC this year, we're going to do a little uh, Belgian inspired brewery meetup. 
Cool. Nice. Try and try and get as many of us together in one room and meet each other. And well, it's pretty neat. Yeah. Is that? I have a list of you, about twenty, and I'm not sure that list goes wow. much further past that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. You, I mean, and and you you mentioned like a couple minutes ago too, like when you were starting things up, like the scene changed. Like, is it like a just like people's palettes, like they're more focused, like they want like New England's now and stuff like that uh, compared to like what they were when you're trying to open up or what? what I uh, just think that the scene exploded. I mean, when I started like the, just the sheer number of options, yeah, the sheer number of breweries and, um, and, and that exploration of styles. I mean, I, I will say, I haven't been to every state, Jason, I, I don't know what your experience has been in California, but um, I do feel like from my experience in, 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 in my limited travels, Michigan's a little unique um, in that style exploration. Um, my son is going to school in uh, North Carolina and, and they have an interesting scene down there. And, and there's a few breweries that do the sort of, uh, you know, what right brain and shorts and, uh, you know, odd side. And, and um, it just seems like that's sort of par for the course in Michigan. And it doesn't seem like it's always that way in every other state. I don't know what you've seen mm -hmm. out in California. Jason. You know, it's, it's, it is, it's, it's pretty much the same. It's, um, you know, what I, I, I see even down here and in Michigan, you know, I think we've got the, the standard IPA uh, kind of stout, standard breweries and then uh you know a few um sour focus breweries that's a new big thing uh sure yeah you know um homes arc Lake, uh right jolly jolly pumpkin some of the other ones down Species. here same in, in california yep. um and then uh yeah i think it's just more trends uh, you know, mm. it, it, these these smaller breweries they just react to the trends. You know, everybody's coming out with seltzers and pastry stouts, and uh -huh. um, yeah, I didn't see a seltzer on your menu. So <laughs> no, uh, and um, we're working on developing this 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 crazy new style. I think we might release this new style called a, a hazy. Uh, <laughs> um, Belgian though, Belgian hazy. Uh, there will inspired. be a, a belt. We use, we inspired. use the term Belgian inspired. Um, and, uh, that term is, is, is it's a loose interpretation. It can be a loose interpretation. There will be a twist on our, on our hazy. Nice. Well, I got to well, drink. In, in fact, Go behind me, you can see we have a fooder back there and, and we're doing some traditional, um, continentals and, and Schneff just brewed, a. I mean, to, to speak to the idea of Belgian inspired, right. And, and how we were using that as a, as a guidepost. Um, Schneff has been brewing some traditional continental, you know, loggers. Mm -hmm. And, and he can speak much more intelligently about those than me, but, but, the, but the, the twist is that they're in that take, they're in a yeah. fooder. So fully fooder fermented, fully fooder aged. I mean, just with a bit of oak along with a nice crisp lager. How long uh, do you keep them in there for? Uh, typically two to three months is wow. what it takes for, for our preference of oak flavor right now. 
So that's the uh, short spear that we're going to tuck into in a bit. Was in uh, your fooder age, one of your fooder age loggers, right? Yep. Oh. Yeah, it's not a concept I've, I've really uh, had before, so I'm, I'm really stoked for that. So we, we've done a, a Hellas, and uh, Schneff's about to brew um, a, a uh, Pilsner. Yeah, cool. Pretty excited. So, yeah, so just the idea that, well, if we're going to do, you know, a Pilsner, what are we going to do that, that just puts the slightest twist on it? And, and we're not talking about, you know, we're not going to make a Pilsner with uh, lactose. I mean, it's not a big twist. It's just a little twist. That's all it needs to be. Right. <laughs> the the yeah, storm cloud yeah. stamp. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, no, I, I think that's cool, though. It's just a slight variation. Um, you know, I, I Chris, I, I was there yesterday and drank your Norzelander beer. I screwed that name up. Nor Norwegian <laughs> beer. Uh, yeah, Norwegian yeast, New Zealand okay. hops. Yeah, super, uh, nice. super awesome. Um, Thank you. I know you said you weren't uh, as, as happy with the freshness on it or whatever, but I mean, you know, it, it is what it is. But it, it, if everybody is enjoying it, which I still am, then what's yeah. there to complain about, really? Right. Yep. We no, yeah, we no. have an active pilot program, and and Schneff brewed that on the pilot program, and normally those beers are kind of flying through because we only brew, we only get one keg at a time on it. Mm. Um, and uh, COVID kind of screwed that all up. So some of these beers have sat around for a little while before they've had an opportunity to go on tap. Pretty fresh, though. I mean, we went through the other keg, you know, at the in-house and brewery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was. I mean, just the, the, the balance of the New Zealand hops, and the, the, they still popped. There, it was. It was really enjoyable, you know, and it was unique. So a kvike, a kvike yeast and a hazy might be just the twist we need uh, <laughs> for this uh, this crazy new style called the hazy IPA that we've heard about, just heard about. <laughs> <laughs> They're pretty new. Yeah. Yeah. After you know, that, I don't know. We might we might try this other new thing that we just heard about this seltzer thing. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I think that a Belgian seltzer would be awesome. That sounds that super interesting. Good, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. We have we, talked we about that, about but that. <laughs> it's not it's not moved past the conversation stage. Yeah. <laughs> you can do like I mean, a Saison seltzer or something like that conversation, yes. <laughs> the, uh, the lights are turning off around me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, yeah, that was in the the our little pre conversation. Brian had mentioned there those go. lights are uh, <laughs> our, our motion activated. So if uh, <laughs> yeah, if he ends up no, going just, completely dark, just shutting, shutting just shutting down down behind hands behind you. <laughs> I'm I'm about done with this uh, this rainmaker. Yeah, this was crushable. Like oh uh, yeah, like I, I I say this on on some episodes. Like I. Uh, I sort of like judge like how for me, like how much I like a beer by like how empty my glass is when I'm not paying attention to it. You know, it's <laughs> like I've been drinking it, you know, without really paying attention. It's just, it's really great beer. I thought you were going to bring up carbonation levels, Brian. I am a carbonation. <laughs> That's a recurring theme too. And uh, you're, no, you're like, what beer does it for me? Higher or carbonation? Lower? 
high, uh, higher, higher. I do too. Uh, when when I was in the planning stages on this and home brewing, um, my neighbor um, who actually lives in Detroit and is usually up on the weekends almost every weekend, avid beer fan. Um, he's a low carbonation fan, so we would always have a debate over the carbonation. <laughs> I, uh, I think, I think it just makes them easier to drink. Oh, yeah, ninety yeah. percent uh, of the time for me, a little bit higher yeah. carbonation. You know, Brian, we we actually do think of <clears throat> carbonation as as part of the flavor profile on these beers too. So it's it's right. it's it's something we actively think about and and work at. You you on the can describe this as a medium bodied, I think. Yeah, medium medium bodied and. Uh, I, I think that that carbonation really helps uh, cut it quite a bit. Cause like sometimes people, you know, call beer like medium bodied, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you can't really taste it. Like sure. this beer has some body to it. Um, really. It's just, it's there. Like, um, yeah. The carbonation for me on that beer, like really. Right on. Yeah. I, I know we talked about it during the like little pre-show talk. Maybe we covered it again, but I want to comment on the black cans. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's really that's really cool. That's a good way to uh, good way to stand out because you don't you don't see that very often. Yeah, they started hey, life with a silver top, but a gentleman who he doesn't he's not with us anymore, but he's still with us in spirit is uh, um, Mike Sharp. He uh, one day we were working the canning line. He's like, man, he's man, these would look cool with a black top. <laughs> That was all it took. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. yeah right. <laughs> they, do. they look sweet. He was not. Have wrong. you guys uh, with COVID? Have you run into any issues getting cans? Yeah, I mean, it's a double-edged sword for us. We're, we're not producing enough that we have to worry. I mean, we're not shorts. Um, mm -hmm. We and we don't buy directly from Ball because we're not buying at the volume that they require. So we, we work through a, a third party and the third party has, has a contract with ball. So we get our cans on their press through their allotment. Um, that doesn't mean we're not dealing with it because we've ordered a couple of truckloads of cans um, far ahead of when we're going to need them just to make sure we have them. And uh, some of them have already been delivered and they're in a warehouse we don't have we don't have room to storm here mm -hmm. um but yeah it's it's a it's a big deal the next the next one part i'm worried about is these black tops we're about halfway through our palette and i'm thinking i probably should order some more to make sure we have them <laughs> I, I wouldn't yeah, I normally order wonder. for a good long time but we're we're yeah. we're spending some money that we don't currently have entirely to get these things in stock so that we don't run out for sure. Oh. It's a it's a scary place to be right now. We've we've heard <laughs> we've heard that from a lot of breweries down here too. Yeah. Just uh, beer beer sitting around and supplies going short and stuff. You know. Right. I mean how have yeah. you guys um how how else has COVID uh changed uh you know the footprint of what you guys did? Like were you able to maintain a, a to go business or yeah, I mean, when it first shut down, we did a couple of days of sales. I mean, it, you know, you, as you know, Jason, we talked about it. We're we're kind of on the edge of nowhere. We don't have a huge audience in general here, especially in in, in winter when that hit. Um, mm. 
So we did a, a, a few days of sales. Again, a double-edged sword. It's not like we're that busy that time of year anyway, but we do need every right. little bit of income we can get. Um, but yeah, then, you know, it opened up and, I mean, opened up a little bit and our uh, to-go business was robust. Um, and now people are just itching to be out and do something and we we're actually having one of our busier winters and people are up here too. I mean, I guess that's one of the huge differences. Right. There's, there's, there's people here, whereas normally there you can shoot a cannon down main street in the middle of winter and <laughs> not worry about hitting too many people. Um, <laughs> I, but that was the thing is my, I think it's just stir crazy. My wife was, yeah. uh, you know, when I, I said to her the other day that I needed to go find, um, some rainmaker because I knew that you distribute down here. Um, and she was, it didn't take her a second. She's like, well, why don't we go up there? Like, yeah. Let's just take cool. a road trip, you know, right on. let's just go. And, uh, it was like, yeah, let's do it. And, uh, and, and yeah, the pub was packed. I mean, you know, for, it was COVID. Yeah, right. I'm not gonna... <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, that was actually the first, uh, dine-in experience that we've had since the second shutdown. So, Wow, nice. And, uh, Thanks and it, for coming up. It was nice. Yeah. I need to open another beer. So uh, since you were just talking about the fooders, and I've been dying to try this Schwartz beer. Let's get into this. I'm going to turn I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn off my camera and go turn on my lights. Schneff can talk okay, all day it. long about the food. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Chef, tell us about your Schwartz beer, man. Uh, so it's pretty basic uh, recipe. I mean, uh, it's just... I can't remember the exact percentages, like 90, 95, 98% pills. Uh, and we're using local uh, Pilsner malt up here. So that's another cool aspect that we're doing, um, which is actually grown, you know, just like 20 minutes from our brewery. So um, that was cool to use. And then just a little bit of uh, Carafa special. I think it was type two. So, uh, there is a little bit of a flavor that I'm getting from that malt, but I mean, if I could change it, I probably would, but I'm happy with it as it is. So, like and yeah, flavor. It in, and it sat in oak or fermented in oak and lagered in oak. So it's cool in that, in that fooder, we actually have a plate in there with glycol, uh, jacket. So we can, oh totally controlled temperature. Um, so yeah, it was just lagered in there for two and a half months, I think. And nice. yeah. So the flavor you say you're getting from the malt, you're, you're talking about like a malt bitterness from the Crawford too? Uh, it's more so to me, like just like a, a malt chocolate, like it, to me, it's a chocolate sweetness thing. And I don't, right. I've explained this to a few people and not a lot of people agree with me, but Maybe it's just me picking on my own beer. I, I don't know. I was uh, I was drinking a Schwartz beer uh, that I have on tap before uh, the show started. So I'll have a, maybe I'll have a decent, um, I don't know, comparison. Yeah. I used, uh, I think I used Krafa 2 in mine too, or maybe like Pale Top, but I can't remember. But yeah, Krafa 2 special to me does have like a bit of a, like a chocolate thing going on. It, it is, yeah, and we've we've done a, a ton of malt trials, just building a lot of these brands that go into package, and then 
Um, so just different trails on malts and hops. And, and we definitely took a deep dive into dark malts going through night or when we were building up night summer, our stout. Um, so I remember that one specifically being chocolate for sure. And why I yeah. put it in a lager. Right, right <laughs> on the nose. Like you, you get the <laughs> Like there's, no, I, you know, I, there's no mistake that this was. Oh, go ahead. No, I was gonna say I don't. I don't taste the chocolate sweetness. I don't. Okay, cool, cool. It's just me. <laughs> I think I get the oak. Um, definitely get the oak. And uh, yeah, we like oak here. <laughs> yeah, we like to go heavy on oak with whatever we do in oak. If anything, it, to me, it has more of like a vanilla thing going on. Um, okay. And maybe that's the, the oak, but yeah, I don't, I don't be, really get any. The oak. Yeah. That perception sure. of that oak. At a yeah, certain yeah. level, it, it, it definitely gets that vanilla comes through. And, and then when you get, get past that, you start to get into some tannic, yep. pure mm -hmm. oak uh, flavor, which can get a little weird. It, we, we did. We did some. Um, we did a uh, one of our blondes in the, the in the fooder, and it, it spent a good long time in there, and um, mostly because we just never had a chance to get it out of there. It was sure. uh, <laughs> it was it was summer when it's just balls out, and uh, just never never had a, a chance to to move into another tank. And uh, the oak level got pretty intense in that, but to, to the point where, um, to me, it started to turn into a flavor that was unlike oak, and I, 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 I still don't really even know how to describe that. Is it is it one that you still have, like in in bottles? No, like it's it's long gone okay. at this point. Okay, we actually took um, we did a fun experiment with it. We have several smaller fermenters that we use for various reasons. We have a two barrel fermenter that we use to grow up yeast. And we did pull out uh, two barrels at a time out of there, out of the fooder when, when it was available, and then would, uh, dry hopped it with various hops. Hmm. Um, what were those, Schneff? We, uh, we did Motueka, we did Sultana, Contessa, and Nelson Savin. Right. So those are all individual hopped. Uh, kind of blondes, fooder blondes. Sounds pretty awesome. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> it was just, it was a fun little experiment. And, and on those, you know, that, that it was interesting to taste that hop and then, and have that intense ho uh, oak flavor kind of push through or meld with it. It, it, it was a strange beer, but in a good way. Yeah. Um, All of how them. many beers have you? put through that footer now we don't know uh so the german pills will be the fourth cool coming up. very cool yeah nice how big is it Hard to tell. 20 barrels 20 barrels nice oh, yeah. that's decent yeah so we did uh, we have a, yeah. we have a footer in the in the sour program and then this footer was ordered a, a maybe a half a year after the first one and it was intended to go to be a second fooder in the sour program that we were going to use for for dark ales and um hmm. kind of the same story it it got delivered here at the beginning of summer um 
we have a loading dock here at the facility. So everything gets delivered here. And, and just at the time, like the thought of trying to get it down to the pub and through the doors at the pub and I said, screw it. Let's just put it on the floor here. And right away, right. We did that. We did the Hellas as a collaboration with the yeah. filling station. Filling station and, yeah. and it just, it just kind of stuck and hasn't left. So, cool. yeah. No, uh, you don't know if it's the permanent plan yet, but for now it's the, I think uh, for right now it's fairly permanent, but yeah, cool. you know, I mean, I don't know anybody else that's doing anything like that, honestly. Um, and I think it's a, I don't know. I think it's producing some very, at least judging by this beer, definitely unique beers. So, and delicious. Yeah. Yeah. That was uh, certainly the first dark beer to go through there. And so it, I, was, I was curious to see how that turned out in general. I, I've, I've never had or heard of a Schwartz beer on, on you know, wood well, before. So uh, and, so. and that's one of the reasons we did the, the, the Schwartz beer. Like I wouldn't put a stout in there. Like it, it, it needs a, a delicate beer I and mean, even though yeah. the shorts is dark it's still a fairly delicate beer mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. um and we do that a lot in our barrel program here we don't have a very robust barrel program but you know i'm looking at i don't know there's 12 of them in here or something we tend to do um our bigger light-bodied beers so like the the, uh, the golden strong and the triple uh, we've got the, we've got a citrus version of our triple in gin barrels. Um, so I, you know, I like Great. that Oak to become a prominent flavor component in our, in our barrel aged beers. That's funny. I, um, I just, a, a, a couple weeks ago, got some mystery beers dropped off at my house. I came home and they were on my porch and I'm, I'm like, you know, reaching out to people like, did you leave me beer? Did you leave me beer? And finally I posted on Facebook and a buddy of mine from Illinois uh, messaged back that he dropped a uh, gin barrel aged triple on my porch. And I, uh, oh, nice. yeah, <laughs> I haven't drank it yet. If he's listening, he watches sometime. I, I haven't tucked into it yet. Cause I want to give it uh, the, the attention it deserves, but yeah, I'd never heard of a gin barrel aged triple. And then you guys have one. So, We've yeah, we've been one. and we've done we've done gin barrel aged saisons and we've, um, but it's also it's amazing. Yeah, the the triples kind of where I'm at right now with with it. <clears throat> right on, not to go, not tonight. This is uh, I've got <laughs> enough storm cloud to get through. I don't need to <laughs> bust into that. These shows usually, I mean, this isn't bad. Um, you know, to say, oh, we've only got, you know, a few five, like five storm cloud beers, but we do have a crawler and a bomber. So, uh, <laughs> I, I, I got to give a shout out to my buddy, Brian, who's in the, in the chat there. I don't know if he's still there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He told me to tell a dick joke. <laughs> this is, you know, this Brian, by no means a family. Tennis is, uh, Michigan Hop Alliance. So he's our Northern Michigan. Well, not uh, it, it, he is a Northern Michigan hop grower in Omina, about 45 minutes north of here. We buy a lot of hops from Brian, both both Michigan grown and um, also just uh, all from all over the world through his hop brokerage. So uh, I'll, I'll divert here to uh, we have not yet 
uh, interviewed uh, Hop Grower, so I'll get I'll, I'll have to get his info from you. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> we have talked about uh, reaching out to some maltsters, but uh, we haven't we haven't uh, reached out to any hop growers yet. So that would be oh, really we got cool. a maltster for you too. Right on. <laughs> Well, I was, and that's where I was leading with this. Aside from the shameless plug to try to get more business for our show, um, I, I love looking at your menu. You know, you you have icons next to damn near every beer, saying that whether it's got local malt, hops, or both. Mm. Um, so I, it, it seems like that that's a big thing for you. Do you guys have? Uh, well, obviously, you have Brian Tennis is hooking you up with the hops, but uh, who do you use for your malt, in Michigan? Go ahead, Steph. Uh, it's Allison at uh, Empire Malting. She's a really Empire. good friend of ours. And so pretty much the base of all of our beers is made from her malt. So cool. you know, a it, percentage of our beers. Yeah, we do. We're all in with Allison. She's just 30 minutes up the road from us. She's a badass maltster doing it all. Um, and we, we, we probably need to do a better job of highlighting our relationship with her. It, it just, she's so close to us and she's so passionate about what she's doing. Um, she's a small producer and, and that comes with some challenges here and there, but um, we, uh, I, I just love what she does and we love her and, we're just going to, we're going to, whatever challenges that arise from working with a small producer, because we're a small producer too. I can tell you our distributors would say the same thing about us. Um, she's just too close to not build that relationship with and, uh, and just, just let her grow with us and us grow with her. Yeah. Uh, in fact, we have, uh, Ted, he, yeah. he gives her a shout out too. He, um, He's the owner of brewery. Say it, Brian. Utre. Utre. I hope Utre. I got that right. Ted, I always fuck it up. Um, <laughs> I think I think it's Utre, not Utre. Yeah, uh, any small brewery in Kalamazoo. Right on. Cool. Yeah, she's. I mean, she is worth an interview. She's. She's just so intensely passionate. I mean, she's. She's malting. She built all of her own malting equipment. Wow. And awesome. I mean, hand built it. And, uh, and now not only is she, you know, not content with making her own equipment and malting, she's also growing her own malt or I don't know, the base grain, you know? Right. No, I actually, I think it was, so we had a conversation earlier this year, you know, kind of, um, storyboarding out some shows that we wanted to do. And I think empire was on there. It just, we hadn't reached out yet. And uh, yeah. these things always work better with intros. So I'll, uh, I'll ping right. you. <laughs> <laughs> if she has time, you know, I can't imagine that, you know, it's Absolutely. a very, uh, she has a lot of free time doing all that. Jeez. She, she, I'm sure she would promote. Uh, she's, she's, she's a great spokesperson for her own product. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so, you mentioned the the sour program earlier, and I, I, we have one to try in a bit. Um, but I, I saw that you know it's it's been a couple of years since I've been to Storm Club, and I was there yesterday, and I saw it called out uh, specifically as the Lakeshore Sour Program. So, um, when did you guys you know kind of break off and start that? 
so it, it's the uh, it's it's the uh, lake house lake house oh, ales okay. project and it's 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 it, a little it bit of an in joke between schnepp and i because uh they're kind of their farm their farmhouse sales but we don't live on a farm we live next to the lake so these are these are lake house sales yeah uh, Brian, cool. In, in oh, my defense, cool. I was drinking yesterday when I was taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, um, the the Lake House Ales project. So the, the brewery started at the pub in the back room. There, we had a an eight barrel brew house and a, a handful of fermenters. Um, we built the twenty barrel production facility about ten blocks to the east a couple of years ago. You know, we were late to the game on uh, sours for sure, but we had such a small space and I was just, com we we do have a commitment and, and, and passion, and everybody does, I know, um, for, for quality. Yeah. I wasn't willing to, to produce sours in that facility um, at all. Um, so when, when the brewery moved 10 blocks down the street, then we, we, we got the fooder and started producing wort. We transport the wort down there. And, and uh, so now that is a, a sour production facility. There's three fermenters in there, a fooder and, and, and um, a growing number of barrels. Awesome. And um, I'm going to stop talking and Schneff really needs to talk about this because this <laughs> has been, I really count on Schneff to drive that, that program and, and uh, he, he's the master behind it. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. I mean, so uh, sometimes we'll take, I mean, majority of it has been just uh, finished beer. So it'll be secondary uh, ferments going on down there. Um, and then obviously just building up this uh, house culture and our fooder over there has been pretty cool because we've used that quite a bit um, just in some different beers that we've done or have yet to release um so yeah how, uh, how often are you putting out like a, a new lake house beer would you say like every three months or i think we're still trying to work on what the okay. what that schedule looks like or, or how it works with everything else and and obviously covid is is mm -hmm. changing a lot of things um but I mean, so we just released our first, uh, essentially three bottles uh, last November. Was it around that time? Sounds right. I think it was right yeah. around that time. Yeah, yes. it, yeah, it was well, around Thanksgiving. People were willing to hang out outside while we had a little sour party at the tap Sweet. room. Um, yeah, so that was the one of the beers you, you guys have. There is uh, uh, day one, which is a pretty cool concept that we just did again this year. Um, and then we did a, a dark Saison that was, you know, mixed culture. Um, and did we, did we add cocoa? Yeah, we did cocoa and vanilla on that cocoa one. And vanilla. Mm. Um, so it, I mean, it's a pretty funky dark Saison with cocoa and vanilla. It's, it's a funky beer and it's cool. Uh, and then we released our first uh, natural wine or fermented wine um, along with that. So 
the the natural wine stuff is kind of falling into place with that as well, which is fun because we get to use some of that stuff then right along with this beer. Uh, so day one is actually one of those things that I'm talking about. It's it's a cool kind of wine beer hybrid in a sense. Was it like uh, like rested on grape skins from your wine or something like that? Yeah. So I mean, it, it, it's cool. that's exactly what it is. So we made our natural wine. Uh, we took off as much of that that must or, or finished mm-hmm. wine, I guess, at that point uh, as we could. There was still a lot of juice and, and I guess at that point, pomace left, oh, and we then filled up that tote with fooder beer uh, and let it sit for a couple weeks <laughs> brian if you need to go turn on your lights yeah yeah so that that's been cool uh doing that stuff and and like i said we just uh did that again this year so uh last year 2019 the wine was or the grape was a uh, pinot uh, gris uh grape uh so we have a a, a skin fermented pinot gris and then we use that that pomace, which gives that beer. I think you'll see a a, a nice, light, subtle pink hue. It's it's actually I like it a lot. I like the color a lot. Like um, yeah, but not to that not to that level. It's just like it's okay. there when you see it in the right light. It's it's nice. Cool. Um, and then this year, I, I mean, I are we allowed to say the wine grapes we had, Brian? Yeah. Sure, no problem. Uh, yeah, we had Chardonnay. Hopefully, grape. it turns out. So no, you know, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but Chardonnay the beer is the beer is already done. The wine is in barrels, yeah. but the, the, but beer, the beer that went good. on the pomace is done. Yeah. So yeah, we had Chardonnay grapes. We did Chardonnay, natural skin fermented Chardonnay, uh, and then same thing. Took fooder beer and and put it on uh, to that pomace, uh, and then so I, I forgot a whole aspect of day one is. Uh, that, that first one I was talking about, we dry hopped it with a pretty unique hop that we got our hands on right around that time, uh, the Zappa hop. Um, again, through shout out. I was going to say, is that the... Uh, there's shout the out. Zappa. Okay. So uh, I, I, this is not at all legible. Okay, screw that. Um, so <laughs> actually, the, the tag off of the, the Lake House Day 1 uh, actually calls out honorary guest Brian T., uh, yeah, the Zappa hop. So, so there's some yeah. connection there. Well, he um, he 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 uh, he introduced us to Zappa hop. He didn't have much of it, um, and uh, so we took some and just went for it with the, the with that sour ale. Um, and I see Gabe asked about day one and day yeah. eight, which is is so. There was a concept on the naming that's changed a little bit, but you're going to see more day versions come out. It, um, the idea, you know, it, it, it's all conceptual, but but the lake, the idea of lake house, lake house sales, the idea of being at a cottage and, and sort of that guest directory when you when you when you whenever you go to a rental lake house and there's a little directory or a, a little guest uh, book yes, that book. you sign. You know, that, that was kind of the idea is like when we bottle one of these beers, we're going to sort of say this, this was day eight at the lake house. <laughs> and, uh, you know, who, who was there, who was involved in the production of it? So you, 
you can see on the back of that the names of everyone at the brewery at the time who had their their hands in that beer um at least one of those guys is is uh, has moved on to another career and um it's i don't know it's 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 just a cool way to honor everyone that th those 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 beers are a long process and yeah. several hands involved, whether it's Chris's that's doing a lot of the day-to-day -day work and getting the beer back and forth or the guys that are bottling or any, any part of it. Um, we've pulled back from that, that naming scheme a little bit and we're going to, we're going to try to do something a little more. Um, uh, we're starting, we're, we're, we're starting to get more, more versions of these beers into barrels. So instead of bottling the whole thing, we'll transfer some of that batch into two barrels. And the idea is maybe we'll um, twice a year, once a year, we'll produce a, just a blended sort of a winemaker's approach to these beers and just blend out a certain amount of barrels. It might be 10 bottles. It might be a hundred bottles. It might be 200 bottles. And, and those will be the, the, the day, the day and we'll, and we'll call out who was involved in that blending process and who was involved in the making of the beer. That's, that's the stick. Did you open the sour, Brian? I did. I, you got me all thirsty. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, f I feel like we're skipping past the variants. I was going to save the sour to the end, but I, you know, if he's jumping, go for it, do what you need to do. <laughs> Let's get into it. I, I don't think that it's going to be like a pellet wrecker. Um, so we've, we've got new versions of like that Pomace beer coming out this year and it's not going to use the day, the day, um, naming scheme, but we'll see some day beers return. And I think ideally though, when you see the, the day, you'll know it's, it's, it, it's, it's calling out a, a specific process, a blended beer, um, instead of something that was, um, Totally planned in a way, maybe. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> a little bit more of a way, or as, as much as you like, can like plan that. it in that process. Yeah, right. yeah. So, um, do you pasteurize your bottles? No, no. All right. So, so I can use these dregs for dregs. Yeah. <laughs> We're home brewers, man. So yeah, uh, yeah. Can, and they're they're bottle yeah. conditioned too. These are they're all hundred percent okay. bottle. Do you, do you bottle condition them with like champagne yeast afterwards or? Yeah. Yeah. So there is a lot of, you know, sack in there too. Okay. Sure. That's, that's fine. So I, I, I see on the tag, uh, you give some tasting notes or some flavor notes uh, <laughs> on a scale of one to five. <laughs> the the uh, bottom one, I was noticing that too. Yeah. The most prominent flavor on this should be purple spree. Uh, <laughs> right on with a hint of tire fire right yeah. on. i love that <laughs> no man it smells awesome dude that it's that zappa hop i mean both of those come specifically from that zappa hop i think it's and we've talked about it so many times here it, it it's wow. it's like phenolic in a way and it's just that it, it's like rubber but in the best way possible i it, sure yeah like <laughs> Man, and then you know, I I just kept drawn back to this this purple candy flavor, and I couldn't. And then somebody said purple spree, and I was like, that's exactly it. 
Totally. Huh. I can totally see that. It's it's like the flavor you get like five seconds after eating the spree. Like yeah. <laughs> it's all mush in your mouth. Yeah, absolutely. Specifically like. the purple spree though, not the red spree. Yeah. 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 Yep. <clears throat> It's got to be. But the, the but Chris called it out first because he said purple candy, and then someone else identified the spirit. Yeah. And it was, it was like, yeah, that's it. But I will so, have to admit, Chris, and, and uh, you nailed, I mean, in tire fire in all the best way. There, you're, you're, you're right. There is some kind of, of arcid uh, undercone to it. But it's yeah, it's not it's at like all off putting. All in the best way. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's, that, it's, it's that hop. That hop's crazy. Yeah, fact, we're, uh, we're we're starting to use that hop as well. We're going to experiment with it, but it, I think it's going to become a, a a more central player in our sour program. That that I that phenolic, it's just crazy. That that hop throws off a phenolic that blends in with with what it is that. <laughs> That, that we're doing and what we're about, you know? Yeah. So I, uh, I saw Shana reach in and steal the bottle. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. told her she should come get some. Um, she's, she's getting into sours like more slowly. Um, and I think this is like a, or, you know, mixed fermentations or, or whatever you want to call them. But, um, but this is, it's, it's really wonderful. So the, the one, the one fun thing about that beer and, and is that we're using a, a base. Um, the, the, the primary yeast, it's it's fermented in primary here at the production facility with Kvike yeast. Oh, so okay. it's, we're not using um, Saison strains at all in that, in that program. Not to say that we never will. In fact, we have at least once. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, that Kvike is throwing off some... It's just interesting because the beer going into the fooder before it's ever seen uh, Brett or lacto has already got a, a fairly prominent tropical base flavor before the, before the bugs even get to work on it. Yeah. I, I definitely get, you know, that, that stone fruit uh, yeah. or, or tropical fruit flavor. Um, but then the, that, that combination of, I, I, I think the Brett and, uh, and the other bugs just gives it that, that great funkiness, uh, you know, that, that undertone, it's just, it's really good. Um, it, I, I don't get, I don't get much of the, the rose color, but I definitely taste the, the, the Pinot, the, yeah, the, the, the mix of. I almost want to say like I can smell it more. Like when I popped the cap off the bottle, it was just like. Steph, were you, I was. I think I was turning on the lights. Were you talking about the rose color in the beer or in the in the? Yeah, the like, it's the right light. But now that I see it in your light, there, yeah, yeah, that, it looks like it's. Yeah, it's like we're yellow. also behind like <laughs> super bright, you know, LED yeah. lighting. So. Right. Well, so yeah, like a uh, like like rose gold almost. Like I yeah. like like really a, like the hint gold. of like rose gold. Yeah, yeah. Like it's you like, just it's need not, a kiss of sunshine in there to. Yeah. <laughs> If you were also oh, to totally hold it up that. side by side with the base beer that didn't go in, into the the grape pomace, you, you might see a difference too. Hmm. Yeah, I, we're, we're brewers and IT people. We don't go out in the sun, Chris. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Open your window for like a couple seconds. It doesn't work for us, man. <laughs> but no, so, this is really, really, really fun. I, uh, it's a great beer. Cool. Ted yeah. from Utre, Utre, 
Yeah, yeah. We have used craft cultures in the past. Um, we did some saisons with some of their. Um, this was years ago, with their uh, some of their wild cultures harvested locally. They were they were cool. Um, we didn't really go past past those those uh, cultures with them. We. Um, so in the in the brewery itself, we we have one house strain that that is used most of the time, and then we have two two other strains we use um, a separate strain we use for Birdwalker and one for Night Swimmer. We don't we don't veer a, a too far from that unless we're we're brewing one of Chris's um, fooder lagers, or um, we do play around with the Kvike strain, especially when we're um, producing the base beer for the the Lake House project. But we've 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 brought in um, we play around with omega yeast specifically their their kvike and we um, uh, have really enjoyed escarpments um, on the on the sour side we've used escarpment uh, giggy yeast and and omega for sure omega and also the east coast yeast coast oh, is it coast yeast yeah yeah east, yeah. east coast mm -hmm. yeast. Um, escarpment was primarily Canadian for the longest time, wasn't it? They still are. In fact, <laughs> okay. we we're 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 a fan, and uh, like what they're doing, it can be a challenge getting their yeast across the border, um, especially when it's a very large pitch, which we just found out. Uh, <laughs> Does customs get shitty with that or something? Something. Yeah. <laughs> 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 got 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 hung up in customs. It went from Canada to Memphis. I don't know. Maybe it was never what? in Memphis. I have no idea. Maybe One just the customs office. The box that showed up today was in Memphis for sure. Because <laughs> we had, we got a dest uh, destroyed uh, culture today that no. sat in customs, and who, I, they must have kicked it around, a la the uh, pet no. detective. Uh, style um yeah <laughs> but hey a shout out to escarpment because they're they're awesome they're they're growing up a new yeast for us and send that's it, great send it out. that's cool yeah, yeah that's, that's awesome cool. it's not I their fault that it got things. hung up but yeah yeah um, maybe you should just drive over and yeah right <laughs> just toss it across the border <laughs> potato gun it over the river windsor yeah windsor. yeah just windsor. <laughs> I think that I don't, I don't know who it is. I, I heard that that there is like one supplier somewhere around here that's that's reselling escarpments yeasts now, but I can't for the life of me remember who it was. Huh. But I'm sure it's just like some sister company or a partner or something. I, I don't know if they'd be able. It might just be like homebrew pitches and stuff. Yeah, they're supplying a lot of homebrew pitches, and I yeah, I just picked up a couple myself from them, so I'm that's excited. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is uh my my wife actually just came up and grabbed some for, for her and my, <laughs> my stepson. So um I think it's gonna be a little too sour for her. <laughs> yeah, what's the acidity level for you guys? Like how how what's the sour level for all of you? Um not not super not super tart really. Like it like definitely like probably no. 
on a, on a scale of one to five, like the flavor yeah, profile chart there. So like can be crazy sour. Do you, yeah, do you agree five. with what we put on the chart? Oh, you don't have it. Jason does. Uh, we call you out? Put a four. You put a four for acid. Oh, you put a four for acid. Yeah, I wouldn't even That's go that probably high. My for me. <laughs> no. I, I'm I'm sensitive to acidity. I, I like less acidic than more than more. Okay. I like I like phenolic, funky to the level where it it melts your face off. But I like acidity to be very low. Yeah, I, I think this is. I feel like this is on the lower end. You've got it on the higher end as far as overall tartness goes, like pH. You know, just uh -huh. I don't I don't get any you know like jaw puckering. Um, I definitely get the funkiness. I think the funkiness is higher and, and the acidity is lower on this one. I've had, uh, you know, a buddy of ours, uh, a Trevor Klimek Bruce for one well, and uh, he has a, a sour uh, farmhouse ale he calls Red Barn. And uh, I remember the first time I tried Red Barn, it gave me a massive headache just because it, it constricted <laughs> oh. all of the muscles <laughs> in my face. You know, oh, I mean? man. So when I compare this to, to that, this is nothing. You know, like, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> so I, I sort of like like on the on the crazy tart scale of things, I, I always think of like Arc Light's Sour Smith series. And right that's on. like that's just about as like tart as <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I care for. I, and I think since then we probably adjusted our scale. That might have been me driving the bus on on that. Uh, I, we 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 rate here. It's in the brewery on a scale of one to five, and my five is is Chris and John's. What is it? Your two, maybe yeah, two and a half. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's where it needs to be. I, I think I wouldn't I wouldn't want it any other way. I don't I don't think like it's yeah. it's very balanced. I, I think I agree with Chris more. It's it's lower. It's in the two. But that's not to say that I want something that's at a five either, you know? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. No, I, I think this balances it. The fruit comes through. The tartness is nice. Uh, the funkiness is nice. Everything. It's, um, the, the wine characteristics are really cool. Um, yes, it's a, it's, a, it's a neat one. I don't have anything to, like, salvage or uh, try to take drugs off of this, so I'm going to lose it. But. <laughs> I'll uh I'll try to put something together for you. <laughs> Brian's got the Brian's got the lab. He'll he'll call. He does too. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. Those drags are probably a lot of uh, the the bottle condition in yeast. Yeah. 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 But I mean, I figure at this at this acidity for you know being in there for a year now, a lot of that's probably dead though too, right? That's that's kind of like the the well, that's what they say. I don't know. That's kind of like the milk, the funk thing. Like a lot of that sacks probably <laughs> not no, super that, healthy that's, anymore. That's a valid point. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know what you would be. All right. So you have a legitimate lad to be growing live cells <laughs> on, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect that. For homebrewers, it, it might be interesting to hear. Sneff, you can talk to, about this. The, the, we use the uh, rare barrel. I don't know if rare barrel still does it, but I we read about it on their blog that our first attempts at bottle conditioning failed miserably. Mm. Sour beer acid shock yeah. starters or something. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, sour shock starters. Yeah, yeah. And that that seems to have uh, made a, a world of difference. Yeah, 
I mean, this yeah. thing is carved really well. So yeah, if this was bottle condition, I mean, yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Delicious. Hey, Bill, uh, someone on the chat was asking about uh, our black, oh, yeah, the fun governor, uh, which we don't oh. brew very often um, anymore. Although it's, it happens to be on tap right now. Um, in red wine barrels, that was a long time ago. Now that was red wine barrels are a, a great aging barrel for sure. That was that, that was, was a good, good, a good memory. I'm glad you reminded me of that. Might have to do, redo that one. Yeah, I never had that. One. That was a, that was a long time ago. <laughs> that sounds delicious. <laughs> I've I've never had anything like that before either. Way to go, Bill. That's yeah. yeah. Bring it up. <laughs> I, I did see Fun Governor on. I've had Fun Governor before, but I did not have the the wine barrel version of it. That sounds awesome. Uh, it was probably. Yeah. I'm sure we did it for a, a one of the the Brewers Guild festivals. It's, that maybe where he had it, um, but I'm sure some of it was left over and went on tap at the pub too. Bill's one of our our keepers. He's uh, in the homebrew club down here. He won. The Bell's Homebrew Fest or Homebrew like Nineteen. Nineteen. The last mm -hmm. year that it was on. Good homebrewer. Right on. Right on. Um I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna, gonna go for another pour of this. So <laughs> <laughs> Conford, do you want one or no? <laughs> I'll, yeah. I, I'll, I'll step out and get a bottle. What's that? I'll yeah, sure. it, I, I pulled one. It's it's right inside the, the cooler door. All right. The 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 great must one this year is on Chardonnay, and uh, the Chardonnay is coming through strong on that one. It's an interesting beer. It's it um it, it you know there's acidity in it, but that the the that full buttery Chardonnay thing really just fills out it's fills out the mouthfeel of that that beer it's it's, that's it's what I was kind, of a, kind of a, a mind fuck in a way <laughs> no that's cool I, I was gonna ask that when you said chardonnay if it had that buttery uh you know chardonnay characteristic that yeah i mean butter I think, I think that buttery thing comes a lot from uh from the barrel aging on it but i i could be wrong i'm no expert on wine my wife knows a lot more about it than i do but there's something about just the full bodiedness of that, that grape. And I, we probably maybe had more of it. So when we, when we make the wine, we don't, we run out the, the juice or the wine at that point and um, we don't press it. So I don't know how much mm -hmm. juice is left in there, um, but Do you, whatever uh, it is, it all the winery? The beer. What's that? Do you collab with a local winery? Like to get your, uh, your must or? We, yeah, so uh, Left Foot Charlie in, in Traverse City usually provides me with um, the grapes that we use, and he does uh, the hard work of destemming it. Um, although next year I'd like to get something like the Pinot again and leave the stems in. Um, right. Yeah. And and uh, I don't know. I'd, I'd really like to expand that, that program. Um, it really was born out of needing to make wine to satisfy the, the MLCC. Um, we found ourselves a little um, uh, underwater with them over our wine program. <laughs> um, oddly enough, we were the last one to get to find ourselves there before they changed the, 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 their rules on it. So now 
um, what, what, what they had an issue with is now legal. Um, but, uh, they also, they really, um, encourage you forcefully to make your own wine. <laughs> so, um, we did. And uh, can't you get around that with cider? <laughs> well, we don't make, we don't make cider. You don't make uh, cider. <laughs> but you know, I, I just didn't want to, we bought some like wine kits and I was like, well, this just seems silly. And, um, to make like five gallons of something just to say you did. And, and about that time, um, Mitch at speciation had started up his natural wine mm -hmm. project. Mm -hmm. And, um, it just seemed like the right thing to do. And, uh, so we went after it and produced something that probably would make a natural wine aficionado, not very happy, but I dig it. It's, a, <laughs> it's, um, I like it a lot. Um, I've, I've, I've read, uh, there's a lady who writes about natural wine, Alice firing or fearing out of New York. She writes for the New York times or used to, she's a huge natural wine, um, critic and aficionado. <laughs> and I'm, I'm positive, fairly positive. She would not be a fan of what we produce because it's too acidic mm. and has way too much oak in it. Um, but in the in in the sour beer program, I think it tastes great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I still have, I've never had a natural wine uh, before yet. Still uh, living even you know, as close as we do to speciation, so I need to. His, I need to hop his on that uh, we we had Chris picked up a few bottles of this year's uh, product that he's making has made, and I, I thought they were great. I, they were really good. Um, he's, I, I dig what he's doing he's taken the time and effort to learn in a way that we can't really do it. It's, it, it is, it, and will remain for us a little bit of an afterthought. I'd love to build another building to the side here and, and pursue that, but it's not likely to happen in the next couple of years. Yeah. So you guys have it. Chris is looking for the, the rose. I was looking for that color. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I maybe mean, the, the Brett, the, maybe the Brett ate it. <clears throat> it ate all the color. I will tell you that I, I normally don't like opening bombers by myself, and I, I I know my wife took some, but this one I think, I I, I think I could open it and and kill it. Uh, this I, this beer is changing. It's been a little while yeah. since I've had it. Yeah, me too. It's a uh, the tire fire is uh, a little less prominent now than it was. <laughs> Still a lot of purple spree. Yeah. Jordan, have you opened it? Did you try it? I have. I have not. I was waiting for a time. I le I left that one upstairs for some reason, so I'm going to go oh. grab it real quick and <laughs> grab it. snag it. Whatever. Brian's gone. I got it. Fuck you guys. <laughs> so so now uh, with, with our new bottles, we're, so we sit down as a group and build out this flavor profile. And While the Purple Spree and the Tire Fire are legitimate on this one, we've now gone to the fifth one is now um, philosophical. Or spiritual, so the the first four flavors are are practical, and the and the the fifth one is is uh, spiritual. So uh, there's a one coming up uh, uh, with a level of three for white wedding. I actually hold on. So I took a bunch of pictures yesterday, and I thought I had that one. Oh, oh wait, hold on. No. So the, the day eight, you had funk, acid, cocoa, and roast. 
Um, yeah, that and that one, that one, that was the very first one we did. Yeah. Okay. There is no. <laughs> Even though it's day eight, it was it, uh, we did that that graph before we did day one. Okay. And then what, I, what was one of the oh, uh, overripe guitar solo. That's that's one of the ones coming up. Mm -hmm. I those paint <laughs> beautiful pictures. No. Yeah. <laughs> Little keys there. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, no, this is super, super good. Really enjoying this. Um, glad that we came up uh, to get this and that we weren't just sitting here drinking Rainmaker all day for, uh, for the show. Tennis is asking if we can get more tequila barrels. We, we've done um, our double IPA 31 planes in tequila barrels in the past. I don't know if someone can tell me where to get good tequila barrels. I'd love to get more, but um the tequila barrels we got were a disaster, and and frankly, any tequila flavor that was in there may have came from spiking a little bit. That mm, is interesting. Not necessarily legal, and I wouldn't that never do it happens. again. Right. Um. No, I I think that's interesting. I I can ask around because I know I actually know several breweries around here that are doing tequila barrel aged beers i'm wondering well, it has beers. one that they do and it, quite a bit. yeah only goes to show and they're just yep. they're redoing only goes to show right now a lot yeah that yeah. And you can lot, yeah. I mean, you can find tequila barrels maybe we needed to just put a little better effort into we haven't done a tequila barrel in a long time frankly the barrels we get now i only get two kinds uh bourbon from um or gin three kinds bourbon or gin from grand Traverse distillery or bourbon from iron fish Sure. They're just they're so close, they're fresh. We get we get both of those practically the day they're emptied. Wow. Yeah, nobody around here is doing tequila, right? <laughs> yeah. I, well, I, I think two James is doing tequila. Um there's probably a demand for those barrels. Um I'd love to get my hands on some mezcal barrels, speaking of that mm. smoky phenolic. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I, I, we, we've had rum barrels that were a disaster. We've had, they were so dried out that it just took so much work. I, I think we ended up setting them in a kiddie pool just to try to get them to, to uh, swell back up. Wow. Um, I went with a, went with a friend of mine. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm friends with Ed at Arclight, and, and they picked up a brewery in Lansing uh, that, that had closed down. We went and picked up 200 barrels. And we wound up buying horse troughs and yeah. just, you know, <laughs> setting water pumps to just pump over these barrels just to try to oh, man. rehydrate. Right. The rings were falling off, you know. So right. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I like getting a good quality barrel from people that I know. And um, we're lucky enough in this little northern region to have a few producers that, you know, they're, they're not literally right next door, but. If you're coming from Wisconsin, they're right next door. <laughs> there it is. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Shannon, I got this. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, Jordan's oh, got, got it. it. Yeah, finally, I'm finally, I finally caught up. Uh, I gave a glass to my wife, and she she really enjoyed it. So uh, nice. she's not not terribly too much on the. Uh, she's just getting into sour as much like Shana is, and. Oh uh, yeah, she liked it. I my first impressions is pretty damn good. 
Yeah, she she sent me a text. She said it tastes like buggy spree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like like once you have that flavor in your head, it's hard to get rid of. That's really funny. Hmm. I wonder what that is. Like if there's a particular acid that's in sprees, like a little bit of citric acid or something. Maybe that has that particular flavor. I don't know. That's a good I question. Wonder. Yeah, yeah, that uh, is a good question. I love it. I'm excited. Yeah, I would it's probably it's hop and acid uh, related there. I've never used Zappa hops uh, before, so like after after we're done here, I'm gonna have to go look up uh, the descriptions for for that hop. And... See, see if you can buy a pound. They've been hard yeah, to get. Um, I saw really um, good on. I don't know what social media I saw. Batch was doing something with Zappa hops. I don't know. Tennis is in the thing. Maybe he can tell us where he's sending them. Hopefully he's not sending all of them because I want some more. <laughs> you going to try to do something with your, uh, you know, that, that new style of uh, IPA. What's, uh, what's it called? The uh, hazy. We've actually done a double IPA with it before and it was, it was a single hop, right? At that time, Brian? Yeah, that was the first beer we did with it, was the single hop double IPA with Zappo. <laughs> like you guys won't be uh, short. Oh, there no, don't are. say that, Brian. Say you're out. <laughs> <laughs> As an aside, I have to say to all the Brians uh, here right now, I appreciate the way that you all spell your name. So we all spell it the correct way. That's right. I was looking through. I you know, I take a picture. I take pictures of a lot of recipes and menus and shit. And I could have swore that one of the beers that we've had on the shows recently had Zappa in it, but I'm not finding it. So maybe I'm just making shit up. Um, I thought one of the Final Gravity beers did, but it didn't. It had copper and. I'd uh, like to do. Uh, we've talked about doing a, a lager with this hop. We're, we're starting to play with some of the big flavor hops um, in small doses. Um, so we've talked about doing this, like a, a, a light lager with Zappa, but you know, whereas we've used the Zappa with a heavy hand, this mm -hmm. would, it would be a much lighter hand, more like a, you know, a, a 20 to 30 IBU beer with it. And maybe even blend it in with another hop. Yeah. That sounds awesome. I'm I'm waiting. I'm hoping that this year, or the next year, is the the return of the 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 crisp like you know loggers or something. Even if they do have a little bit of hot presence, I mean, I'm I'm all about a little bit of bitterness or something. But I'm I'm feeling dry beers more and more lately. Um, well, we like dry beer here. Yeah, yeah we do. <laughs> Uh, I'll have to admit, you know, that's that's the same thing. Like, I'm actually as a home brewer, you know, thinking about my first lager. Doing, I've tried to do some pseudo lagers with Omega yeast, and um, but I, I'm the same thing. I was uh, last fall, I was going on this craze of like Mexican lagers. You, know, you specifically. were, yep. And uh, that's yeah. specifically the style we were talking about with with using the Zappa. Nice. Well, I mean, I was just looking up. That's what I, I was looking at. So it's it's a neo mexicana uh aroma it's from the mountains of new mexico uh mint spice tropical fruits and fruity pebbles 
<laughs> That's in the, de the description for it. It's actually uh, pretty accurate. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds cool as hell. Yeah. And it's uh, it's a crazy it's purple in the bag. Really? Right? Hmm. Wasn't it like a purple color? The bag? The the hops themselves. Weren't they weren't like no? I don't know. There, <laughs> might, might have been that Kush or something. That you know, <laughs> yeah. you got the wrong bag, <laughs> man. <laughs> oh, so uh, you guys have talked a lot about collaborations. Like, um, is is that something you guys enjoy doing? Or we um, haven't done that many collaborations, actually. Seems like we're collaborating with local vendors a lot, I guess. Right. Vendors. <laughs> we're 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 at the end of the sidewalk. There's no no one no one comes up here. You know, you, you said that a couple of times now, man, and and but you know what I tell you, the end of that sidewalk is fucking gorgeous. So <laughs> if anybody that you know is stumbling down the end of that road, you're gonna find a a, 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 a pot of gold. It is I'm telling you, they were purple. I think you guys were all. <laughs> <laughs> I swear they weren't the normal green, greenish color. I've... Maybe it was that. Maybe it was that comet Brian sold us that I'm thinking of. Oh, oh, purple comet hop. Now I'm waiting for his next comment. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> Well, while we have your attention, Brian, I'd love to have you on to talk about hops, man, and we can figure out, we can get to the bottom yeah. of this purple. Uh, <laughs> out, Make sure you have uh, that, uh, that what's, what's it when you're on live, live radio and they, they bleep, bleep people out. When you have Brian on, make sure you have that button ready. This is no, not a thing. There's no, joke. there's no bleeding yeah, here. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Let it fly. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't actually do that to you guys uh, before the show. I didn't ask you if it would offend you if I swore. Um, no. Yeah, usually we do. That's on I us. try, and I, I will do my best to not fucking swear if somebody <laughs> asks me not to. Uh, but no, that's not. That's that's not who we are. Uh, no. So, um, <laughs> what else? I'm I'm about to kill this. Uh, <laughs> I know, me too. It's almost double time. Double, double. So you're you're going to finish, finish up the night with a, the eight and a half percent. What is the ABV on that beer? Uh, you know? Yeah, probably seven and a half to eight percent, somewhere in there. Yeah. So when we were coming up with this idea to do the show, I don't know who came up with the thought that it'd be great to get shit faced every Monday. Um, we we, yeah. we take a couple we'll take a Monday off here and there. On a Monday night, myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's another there's another uh, uh, brewery type review show in Michigan that airs on Fridays. I think okay. we're just gonna <laughs> stay away from. Them. Yeah. Yep. That was that was ultimately it. Yeah. <laughs> what else do you have to do? More, yeah, it's more of like know. the home brew show. It's fine, sort of ish. <laughs> it's fine till Tuesday morning, huh? Uh -huh. <laughs> so you guys, um, when did you open the production facility? Uh, I suck at 18, 2018, like January 1st, essentially. Thank you. Really? 
Was well, we opened, it, we opened it in November, and then we immediately had yeah. to repair a bunch of shit for three months, two months. Yeah, yeah. And then, then what's, it your ca- what's your capacity there? What are you guys brewing on? A twenty-barrel Sprinkman system. Nice. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a pretty sweet system. I would highly recommend working with Sprinkman. Are they uh, are they local to Michigan or? They're right across the water in Milwaukee. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. sweet, sweet. To yourself, like delivered on the ferry. It's, it's all uh, all American made. Um, they just got bought by a German company, Krohn's. That's they're huge, huge. Krohn's, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I just talked to our sales rep today, and they're they're still an independent operator within the Krohn's family. Crone stands out for some reason. Do they do like hop drying equipment or hop? They do. I, I don't know. They they I think uh, Founders has a Crone system. Mm. The, the big. I could be. We wrong. toured. Uh, we toured a hop farm, and I I feel like they got they just got like a some machinery that was Crone's machinery. But then again, I'm. You know that the, the huge <laughs> huge canning lines you see are Crone's canning lines. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Right on. What else? Uh, before we get into these doubles, I've got a, a couple more swallows of the sour. Uh, <laughs> I just poured more of that bottle because I can't get over it. <laughs> it's yeah. really good. Yeah, the, the more I drink it, the more I'm really digging this. Like we have um, in that program, we've very, got very the, this year's um, Thomas beer coming up. We did another Zappa dry hopped version this year. It's just the base fooder beer and then dry hopped. And then we have what else we have? We have the the night lotus. Night lotus. Is, it, is so it? it's uh, so day eight, which is our first release. Uh, what well, part of our first release? Um, was a dark saison. There it, that was made up of two wine barrels that we um, put cultures into, and so. I essentially racked off and then immediately racked back in um, under the same culture. Uh, some of our actually night summer stout. So the stout went into there um, and just, I just let the culture do that for seven, eight months. Uh, and then we took it off and added some, uh, first we dry hopped it with Lotus, which is another cool hop we've been working with. Um, probably because of Brian times too, but, um, yeah, uh, another cool hop that, uh, in my opinion, gives a lot of uh, just genuine orange. Flavor. So we were trying to shoot for this orange sour stout kind of thing. Um, nice. and we dry hopped it and then we ended up adding a little bit of, uh, orange zest to it. And so it's an orange sour stout. Yeah, it sounds super cool. No, it sounds delicious. Yeah, it is really cool. I, yeah, I mean the hop flavor—it's—it's it's more than just orange. You know, there's some, in a weird way, savoriness to it that makes it. I don't. I don't know. It just cuts through that acidity. I th- I think a little bit. Mm-hmm. So it's cool. So yeah. we're all uh, we're all home brewers, and you guys you guys have in the past done a homebrew competition. Mm-hmm. Every, uh, year. Yeah. Oh, every, every year, every year. Doing oh. that this year, or oh yeah, year? it's part of our uh, Frankfurt Beer Week. 
the whole world has heard about Frankfurt Beer Week, I'm sure. Um, what? Um, <laughs> when does that happen? Uh, the second week of October, something like that. Yeah. Okay. We do so. a bunch of events throughout the week um, <laughs> in, in Frankfurt, and uh, <laughs> actually, we do a badass beer dinner that that week. Uh, we didn't. I mean, COVID screwed it all Sounds. up this year, but. Um, We've we've historically done uh, a really great beer dinner with a uh, speaking of that collaboration in collaboration with a local restaurant here, and um, and then uh, the last day of the week is the homebrew competition. Okay. The last day of the uh, the yeah, and also it's the release of uh, well historically we've we've released our Oktoberfest that day but um, we're switching that around a little bit we do a. Uh, we're releasing our Oktoberfest a little more uh, time appropriate these days, but we've been doing a um, a bourbon barrel aged with Ironfish barrels version of our Oktoberfest that we release on that day. Mm. That beer is really good too. Yeah, oh, a yeah. BBA Oktoberfest. Yeah, it's oh, super yeah. good. <laughs> it's yeah. really good. I I want to I want to try it. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds amazing. So it sounds it, like we have plans in October now, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was, was going to ask, um, do you have, uh, do you, what are the rules around that? Are you looking for Belgian beers or is it open to anything? You know, we've been a little loose on it. I, I think, I think, you know, moving forward, it's, it's probably going to start to to hone in a little bit more on the idea of Belgian inspired for sure. Cool. You know, w- without getting into the sour stuff, cause we, it's just the sour program is its own thing. And I, I don't, I'm not too keen on trying to reproduce someone else's sour beer. Cause it's, it's just, it's, it's right. It, it's, you know, it's, it's like hurting a cat. Essentially. It's, it's going to kind of, is that it. the prize? The winner of the competition gets to brew their beer like with you guys. Huh? Or well, that's or... what we've done in the past. It's, okay. um, it's a little more challenging now. I'm, I'm not sure what we're going to do moving forward. Cause in the past, we had the eight-barrel system, and that was fine. Um, the twenty-barrel is a kind of a different story, not in terms of brewing on it, but just the amount of beer it produces at one time. Yeah, and, right, and yeah. it's also at the time of year when we're moving into winter, when just this traffic through the pub just so greatly reduces. You don't want to sit on twenty gallons of somebody's Belgian-inspired New England IPA or something like right. that, or twenty barrels, yeah, you know, which would be great. But that's the problem is like we'd still be serving it in June because <laughs> there just isn't enough traffic to move through. That's why we stopped brewing. Um, we, we get questions all the time about when are we going to make 31 planes again, our double IPA. Well, we're not going to do it in the winter because we're doing 20 barrels of it. And that double IPA that really wants to be fresh is still going to be on tap six months later. Yeah. You got a you got a one or two barrel pilot system, right? That's what you should brew the homebrew shit on. Well, that that's that's probably what we'll do. It just seems like <laughs> a little bit of a letdown. I don't know. I, I don't know. You guys tell me if that works for you. I mean, I, uh, I I think that honestly, all it's it's that's the reward for most places. That so it, yeah, yeah. It, it's it, it's not it's not all oh, right. It's cool getting to brew on a big system. We've all gotten to brew on a big system um, yep. Yep. here at Keepers. Um, but the cooler part is having our beer on tap someplace. 
it's, it's it, even if it was one barrel. Uh, well, the, yeah, and I, I get that makes sense too. I, I tell you, the eight barrel was cooler anyway because you had to physically mash in. It was a sweat fest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And, uh, and you get you know, the free labor, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. and you actually, as a home brewer, I mean, you got to do something. Here, here it's, you just get to watch Schneff work. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> I just as a, all the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as, a, as a club, we get together and brew on a 15-barrel system once a year. And, and, and usually that's what it turns out to be. We nominate a couple of people to be the the brewers to actually, you know, do the manual labor and, uh, you know, stand over the kettle and, or look down in it and take the readings and shit while the rest of us are standing around the bar drinking. <laughs> Usually it just entails like opening up bags of like caramel malt and dumping them in since all the right. base malts in like two ton like Full totes malt. and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That's a pretty sweet system though. Like, so no, um, from a homebrew perspective, though, just being able to say that we've got a storm cloud, you know, or a beer on tap with storm cloud, even if it was a, a half sure. a ball, dude. So yeah, well, that's cool. Well, that's no, actually, because I, yeah. I was a little worried that doing it on the pilot system is a little bit of a letdown. But I, no, I don't know. I, I'm a big fan of our pilot system. All, all of all of our progress has come out of that that system. No, I, I think the prize is getting to hang out with you know brewers like you guys, uh, you know, getting to come notoriety and just getting to yeah. like, hang. All right, cool. Yeah, absolutely. That said, we're well, a very competition heavy club. <laughs> and, uh, if, yep, if yep. And now that you've, we've said this down here in Kalamazoo, um, the next time you do the competition, you're going to be flooded with Kalamazoo entries. So <laughs> what's already a long day of drinking will become a longer day. Of drinking <laughs> yeah. when we right. judge, judge the contest. We have a habit of loading somebody's car up with beer and like one person mules it all over somewhere. And yeah. <laughs> on, on, when we, when we judge that homebrew contest on Saturday, I start hydrating on the Monday before. So do you, yeah. uh, you know, speaking of that, and since we're on air and maybe some of my, my, my fellow Michigan beer cup people are watching, would you have any interest in actually judging Michigan beer cup uh, yeah. as a professional brewer? I hate to admit that I'm not familiar with what the Michigan Beer Cup is. It is Ooh. the largest homebrew competition in Michigan. Okay. Um, so it's, we're going on our 11th year now. I'm helping organize it this year, and we're trying to we're trying to gauge it and trying to set it up, you know, to do it in 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 COVID reality. Um, but the thing that we're finding is that we've got to secure the judges, and so gotcha. we've got we've got some BJCP judges, but. As a professional brewer, you also qualify as a certified, uh, recognized judge. And so if we can get some certified brewers to come, you know, late July, early August, come down to Rochester Mills. I know that's a drive for you, but, uh, you know, come down and we'll feed you and you'll try a couple hundred beers <laughs> in a weekend. <laughs> so what do you, do you split? Does, do you split up the styles per like, a la like a GABF does a few yep. brewers? Few people judge it's BJCP. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's fully um, sanctioned. Uh, so you know you're gonna you're gonna taste flights of beers in, you know, each category. Uh, you know, so it's broken out. So and you'll be paired with uh, every. There has to be a BJCP judge. So you have a certified judge and then a pro judge, uh, or an amateur judge. Uh, will be paired together to try. Uh, and you you taste beers. I think in eight to ten flights at a time take notes um 
I mean, I would find that really interesting to, to judge with a BJCP judge because I am not BJCP certified. We use, we use that form um, and we, we try hard to give good feedback. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, it'd be interesting to, to pair up with someone and see what kind of feedback they're leaving. Yeah, you know, that's, that's why we do it. We, and that, as homebrewers, so our club and a couple other clubs in Michigan, we're very, you know, uh, keen on, on, on the homebrew competition and, and we're doing it to get uh, feedback. Right. We want the feedback from, right. from professional brewers and BJCP, um, BJCP, you know, judges. And so, yeah, if you're interested, I'll, I'll shoot you some information after the show. Yeah, please um, do. Yeah. Feel free. Either Snap or I, or I see Brian. Tenzel yeah, both guys. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Brian, yeah, anybody, anybody you know, that's the, the big issue for us is it's in July and August. It's 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 very difficult to get out of here. And, and, yeah, we do, we do try to do. Uh, it's 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 usually one weekend at the end of July, beginning of August. Uh, we you know, and we'll give as much notice as we can. Um, Rochester Mills hosts us because they have a large, yeah, warehouse that we can set up in. Uh, and, and I hope some of the. KGB or, or in, in, uh, Michigan Beer Cup people are watching because I'm selling this shit now. We just had the meeting last week and they're like, we got to find judges. <laughs> I think uh, uh, Br Eric Brigham's a great guy. I don't know if you work with him on, on that specifically. So let's drink some double. Uh, All right. Well, which one are we hitting? So Chris, number four or, or sugar wash? Or sugar uh, Brian, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you well, I would start with number four. I mean, that's okay. that is. Um, there were a few versions in between, obviously four and and the blend. Um, the blend is a blend of uh, batch four, six, and nine. Yes. Um, and I guess it might be. I, actually, I wouldn't start with one. I would do them side by side. That's what you should do. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right, I'll, I'll crack them both. I have extra glasses. I thought I'm just going to drink I mean, out of the bottle at this point, then. Because <laughs> of the, the timing on this, and because um, you just happened to, to be in the pub at, at, at a time when we had just were working on this blend. I mean, I, I guess I thought it might be interesting for you guys to, to taste that. Where no, that, that's this stuff's so interesting. Yeah, where I, you I know we, we did batch four. Tennis will be interested to know that batch four is a hundred percent Barb Rouge, which we bought through him. Yes, Brian, I'll be looking for a discount tomorrow. I might get twenty five percent off on my current invoices. And I'm, uh, uh, I'm curious to find out what fast slapping is in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> and we've, we've reached that point. There we go. All right. <laughs> and then uh not a family show we uh <laughs> i mean bat batch four had promise but we did a few other versions and then and then and then to blend it down to have a sense a, a, a you know a spiritual sense of where the recipe needs to go it the recipe won't be a literal literal blend of what you're tasting because that, that doesn't really work but it, it it kind of points to the direction of where I want where I want the final recipe to go. So let's go back to basics on this. It, um, is it, is this a variant of like serious? Is that you know? Uh, yeah. Well, is is it a variant? Not necessarily. Um, okay. 
I, I tend to uh, hang on to names and do wholesale changes on the recipe. This is a this is this is a wholesale change on the recipe. Okay. Um, I mean the, the number four, and I'm trying not to remember because Brian and I drank these last night out of the growler. Uh, both of them smell amazing, and uh, but number four seems to be maltier and uh, and kind of uh, have a, a bigger body. For me, I, the, I, the four was about the, the the bitterness level, and so the maltiness. Um, it's got a heavier caramel note, and I wanted yeah. to blend. I wanted to blend down. The caramel note is a little heavy for where I want the beer to be, and and we're talking like one of the things we work on here is th these aren't big changes. I mean, th these are small changes. It's it's and, and we do this with water. We do this with hops. We do this with malt. I mean, the difference between like a good beer and a great beer is like a difference in two percent in the malt. Sure. Um, and that's that's where that's where we're at right now, with trying to fine fine tune some of these recipes, and and just just getting that that caramel note down, and getting the balance of that and the finishing gravity and the and the IBU right, um, just you know takes it up a whole nother notch. And it's mm -hmm. and it, and we're not talking about big changes; we're talking about small changes. Are they the same yeast? Same yeast. Yeah. yeah. My uh, my initial impression <clears throat> is that the the number four has a little bit more of like a there's like a black licorice thing going on, or uh, or something. The in the blend just it's kind of uh, it's more mild and like um, just mm -hmm. just everything every everything's just a little more muted. Nothing like stands out quite as strong. Uh, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just sensitive to like that particular flavor or something, or I'm I'm making it up. But but I think the blend is uh, it's muted, but it's more balanced. And maybe maybe because yeah, I don't balance like is the right word. flavor, and so it's it's smoothed out some in the in the blend. It I mean, it it's it is smoothed out. I mean it's it's a yep. smoother, more polished beer, in my opinion. Will we be able to do that in a single recipe? I mean, that's the goal. This a blend is. Got it. Blends are interesting. They're not necessarily reproducible. No. Sure. Yeah. That's kind of what I love so much about like a sour beer and like you know mixed fermentations and stuff is that um, a, a lot of that a lot of you know these places programs like speciation and stuff like that they do. These blends, they're blenderies basically, and right. uh, you're just creating these unique flavors that are sometimes just one-offs because um, you have an idea in your mind of a flavor that you want to create, and they're fortunate enough to have so many barrels um, right. that each have like so many different flavors that they can, you know, take you know 30 percent out of this one and 60 out of that and five and five and and create something, you know, of substance that like is amazing um yeah uh, side project as well as i i respect uh, uh those guys a lot um because all of their beer is barrel aged and 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 uh and a lot of what they produce is just blends out of all their barrels and uh, they take yeah. a lot of care to to taste all of their barrels and 
you know, uh, take notes on them and blend them. It, it's it's cool. Uh, there's yeah. a lot of respect for blending for sure. So my my, my blending cellar has one beer in it right now. <laughs> and Brian, you're up. You you got you've got a couple. Let's start. I, I'm sitting on 50 gallons of sour beer. Yeah, five five at a time, right now. So ten. Um, ten. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I'm learning. I'm trying. I'm trying to figure it out. I only started my uh, my pipeline uh, about a year and a half ago, so that was kind of my 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 uh, COVID project is, is to get a pipeline going and try to figure out um, right on yeah how to blend yeah. So I mean, between these two, I definitely see where the blend is more uh, smooth, balanced, subtle. Yeah, definitely. Um, quite tasty for the style um it's got it's got some it's, i mean it's got some caramel and it's been and it's got some malt sweetness aroma um the bitterness is we're still playing with the bitterness a little bit but it's 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 decently balanced with 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 everything and it just needs more zappa <laughs> <laughs> And then finishes. Chris, Chris is smiling. Don't get him started. I can see it. He wants it. <laughs> Something like that. It's interesting. I mean, it, it finishes with this almost perception of sweetness, but it's actually a, a dry beer. Um, really? What did that finish as? Do you remember? Oh eight. Uh, yeah, probably like ten oh six, ten oh seven. Oh wow, that's that is pretty dry. So I, I mean, we make dry beer. We, That's what we usually shoot for for these any of these traditionals, somewhere between 06 and 010. Yeah. Usually, usually I, I usually the, the recipe is usually targeting 08, but it's always a little bit of sure up or down. It's it's just it's that body again. What it was, it doesn't want to do. Yeah. That's awesome. The 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 more I drink it. The more I'm definitely digging the blend. Um, the the you know a, again it's 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 not a beat you over the head difference, but but for the the non blend is just just has some some rough edges and they're not very rough, but they're rough enough that it, it's not where I want the beer to be. It's a. Uh... <laughs> I mean, there's not a whole lot of room to like hide errors in this style, right? Probably, or 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 or. or I think the biggest error is just, not all flavors. Just like, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. The, the biggest error is just making it too sweet. Um, mm. I mean, yeah. I think if if you try, this is a very different beer from Chimay Red. Mm. But if you try Chimay Red, if you had that side by side, I mean, Chimay Red. I mean, I, frankly, I think the BJCP has that style guideline just described wrong or incorrectly. It, it, if you if you try Chimay Red and while you're reading the BJCP guideline where they list Chimay Red, that 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 description does not describe what that beer tastes like or even goes. What, what's the difference? Out. What's the difference between red and blue? For uh, blue is a dark strong and red is is a double essentially. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's, you know, we talked about famous Belgian breweries in Michigan or in the United States earlier. We totally missed. Um, oh my God. 
Right on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh my God. Uh, doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. But Shimei, um, and maybe I'm wrong. Omegon is Duval. Is Duval Shimei? No, no. Duval is a is a is a. Uh, they do gold. Uh, Duval is a golden strong. It's also the name of the brewery itself. That's what I mean. But the brewery Duval owns owns Omegon. Yes, Omegon. Right. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. I, didn't, I, I did not know that either. Yeah. Today, I but I didn't know if there was any crossover with Shimei there. I I thought for some reason in my head it popped in that that was the same. And I I may have misspoke too. If I remember right, the BJCP. If you read that and try Shimei's blue, it's it's way different than what the BJCP description is. But red also is is a very dry and minerally beer. Mm-hmm. Not at all like what you might, you know, it's definitely not sweet at all. I guess that that brings up a question. Uh, do you guys like treat your water at all? Do you use uh, oh, you know, local water up there or RO or? Yep. Uh, we use, we have an RO system. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, okay. Every, every beer has a, a mineral profile built up on it. That's a big, oh, good topic. Uh, and it's been a long time. <laughs> Ryan. What's that? <laughs> That's that a Chris? whole for Brian right there. Water count. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to go in a rabbit hole, talk to Brian. No, I don't think so. <laughs> so I normally, throughout the show, I usually make fun of our Brian um, because he goes off on the science shit. So I actually have all these pre-made thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, Brian. <laughs> Or my guy, the science guy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, there we go. What else do we have? You know, that, then, that, then I just have whole... this. You know, just fuck you, Brian. <laughs> You're talking about Brian, right? And, and, oh, yeah, Brian. you know. Yeah. Um, we have all kinds of banners. Like uh, of yeah. So, so interestingly. You know, Frankfurt is uh, <laughs> is uh, right on the shore of Lake Michigan, um, and if if the if the city drew water straight from the lake, like Alberta does, literally half a mile away, it'd be a very different water. It'd be very hard water for sure. Sure, um, but they don't. They uh, Alberta draws the their water from a lake. The lake um, Frankfurt is on a well. And their well is located over um, the the demon uh, sulfur mines of hell. <laughs> <laughs> and have you, have, uh, Brian, the science guy? Have you have you run water reports through Ward Labs at all? Or, or read I the have for, for for our portage water, yeah. It's it's been a few years now. But. So, so the sulfate level of, of Frankfurt's water uh, is uh, three hundred parts per million. Oh my god! Which you know, like like if you Naturally. read the water book, you want it like you know fifty parts per million. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Tops. So we learned early on that we weren't going to make you know it, it and it worked fine. Well, it worked. It worked okay for IPAs or or stouts or mm-hmm. whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. But any any light bodied beer we brewed smelled like there was a lit match inside the fermenter. 
I couldn't even imagine the loggers. Yeah. 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 So we, we went to an RO system really early on and it's been a long, long learning process because, um, I uh, have a fine art degree and, uh, I don't believe I've ever had a science course in my life. Not even in, if I had one in high school, I either a flunked it or was too high, high to remember it. I don't <laughs> out, out of our club, Brian's, Brian's a guy, you know, he's the guy with the yeast bank and, um, he was really into the, you, you've done presentations on hazies and the science yeah. behind hazies. Yeah. Yeah. And he does these really great, you know, intellectual science. I mean, for those of us that like science, like I, I dig that shit. <laughs> so I enjoy listening to him, but I, I do, I do also enjoy giving him tons of shit for it. So, um, that's yeah, fun. The water has been a, a great, it's been a great, and, and Chris and John, uh, John is another employee here who um, has a big brain. And yeah, uh, yeah. he is uh, between the three of us. There's a lot of a lot of huddling up on mm. what the fuck's going on with our water. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> um, I actually so I live out in the country um, outside of Kalamazoo and I, I live on I'm pretty sure I'm on an artesian well. And my water is beautiful. You have yeah. to. Your water is like the most delicious, like nectar of. Right. You know, we, yeah, we tested, we tested my water and it comes out like perfectly <laughs> profiled for brewing, brewing. And I attribute that, you know, the metals that I've won or the, the confidence that I've won, I attribute that to, to this water. And as soon as I right move, on. the world is going to realize what kind of a two, shitty brewer I am. To Frankfurt, <laughs> Jason. Yeah. Right. When I moved when uh, I moved to yeah. Frankfurt, <laughs> what you're going to want to do is, uh, Buy uh, five gallon jugs of distilled water and blend in about uh, <laughs> an eighth of city water into that. Maybe even so less. I can, I can use the city water to mineralize my distilled water. <laughs> well, you'll use it to sulfateize it. <laughs> or um, sulfate. You're going to need to figure out what to do. Uh, do you guys? Do you guys blend in your local water? Like a no, um, not at all. Like mineralizations. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So high that. Okay. You know, we, we blend in, um, the RO system blends in 20 parts, uh, no, 20, whatever 20 TDS means back in, it's, it's very little. So it, it's, it's barely registering when we, when we get a water report, we, we have an alkalinity of like eight, uh, in, in the RO tanks. The only reason we do that is the, the, the flow meter on the brew deck is a magnetic flow meter and it just, it doesn't, it doesn't play well with distilled water. It just needs the littlest mm. bit of mineral in there to, um, to actually register flow across it. Detect. Wow. Okay. Wow. That's cool. That's crazy. Huh? Yeah. When, when there, when we run straight, um, RO through it, it just, it just bounces all over the place. Huh? Mm. Interesting. <laughs> That's neat. Yeah. I had no idea that worked like that. Here you go, Brian. Something totally new to research. No, I'm, I'm not doing the pro thing, right? I'm like, <laughs> I have scales. Yeah, he's a developer by trade, so I'm I'm really looking forward to getting my hands on your um your brewery scale program. Yeah. So, uh, I'd be able to use that. 
it weighs it, so it weighs the keg right and, mm -hmm. and tells us uh, or tells him how much he's drawn off i'm gonna buy him I, my my wife was there last night saw it working so now i have the justification to go drop a few hundred bucks on scales <laughs> um uh, <laughs> i i uh yeah i had this thing where like i just so i i we talked about earlier that like we we brew for competitions a lot and i do too and sometimes i'm really bad about drinking too much beer not having enough beer left to like send off to a competition <laughs> like i'll have like three bottles left and not realize i drank that much beer or gave that much beer away and uh I eventually broke down and bought some scales for my kegs and uh, I wrote some software to like live, you know, display how All much right, right in my kegs based on, you know, weight and stuff. And yeah, and I mean, it works pretty good. Left. Yeah. Yeah. And it gives me a rough estimation about how many bottles I have left 12 ounce bottles worth. So I can, I can be like, all right, now's the time. Stop, stop <laughs> drinking the beer. Just bottle off the rest of the bottle keg. And, yep. And, and move on. So, right on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's been great uh, getting drunk on your shit. <laughs> um, hang out Wait, with we're, you guys. We're an hour and fifty. I, I, will, I, will, I thought you I said it was yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not our longest show ever, show. but it's uh, it's definitely well, it's, definitely it's pushing it. Yeah. The last yeah. thing I want to. What's going on behind Jordan back there? Is that like a drum set or something? What's yeah. That? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Here, hold on. Oh, yeah. Hold on. Let me uh, let me get the fade off here real quick. Jordan's yeah. a full fledged musician, right? At yeah, least one yeah. album. Yeah, two. I was on. I was on two. Two. two yeah. Two albums. Yeah. Yeah. We got a <laughs> got a drum kit. Got a guitar up over here. Got my my bass. Dang. Jam with just about every night. Yeah. 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 Throw some just throw some backing tracks on and you know jam. So, yeah. Is it are you just a, a one man show or, or are you? Uh... I, to be honest, I don't write myself all that much. I, the drum, the drum kit, I, I traded for one of my bases. I at one point I had like six or seven, um, so I traded one for that because I always wanted to learn. And uh, I play, I play on it maybe once a week or so. I don't have an actual drum thrown, so I use this uh -huh. fucking computer chair, which is <laughs> not conducive to playing. Um, but but yeah, no, I play I play the play the bass pretty much nightly. Uh, the awesome. Guitar I actually haven't picked up in probably like two years. So what, what's the album, Jordan? Go ahead. Oh oh, what did we call it? Hold on, yeah. in the dark, killing faith. Killing uh, faith. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That was that was our. Uh, that was our main what do we call it ep extended play that's it more than three songs i think yeah yeah <laughs> so so here's my question jordan so it's it's fairly easy to to pick up the bass and play it but then what makes it what makes what makes a great bassist what takes you um, from the guy who can just play smoke on the water to being amazing so your your bass player in terms of uh live shows is all i wouldn't i wouldn't necessarily say stage manager but you're kind of the one that kind of holds things together because you're tying in you you have to pay attention to your drummer and play off of the cues from your drummer and then your your singer and your lead guitarist are going to be taking cues not only off of the drummer but off of you as well so you can you're the one who can move around the stage and be like hey okay you know this is where we're at this is what we're gonna do you come over here you do that um 
And also <laughs> the other the other big thing about um, like I guess uh, if you were to be I guess like famous bass players or whatever or bass players like touring a national scene and whatnot, you are the one to take over the singer's job as the singer is the primary entertainer. Um, they're the ones jumping around stage doing all the shit that's entertaining the crowd as a bass player, it falls onto you to, you know, pull lead or backup vocals. Uh, cause again, so you're also your rock conductor basic. Yeah. That's, that's kind of, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of, that's kind of where they stand. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I didn't know that when I started playing bass, it was a <laughs> fucking lot to get into. It's what he does but. for Michigan Brews, man. You know, Brian and I sit here and ramble on, and then <laughs> when we get quiet, Jordan throws some beat into it. So, yeah, I wrote that yeah, entire yeah, riff, yeah. you know, for you know, show starts. No. I could, I could. <laughs> we should have back on the yeah, show. Yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah, it's. I'll, the, I'll the do guy. some Seinfeld slap pop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> that would right be on. Fun. Well, there we got a bass lesson out of this two hours. Oh, yeah. yeah, there we go. <laughs> I'm so glad we can give our... you guys back something too for as much as you've given us tonight. <laughs> yeah. There's a there's a there's our, our longest show. I think actually went. Was it two hours and forty five minutes? Uh, ab about yeah. Oh, was that? I don't, the re I don't remember. I don't remember the last half hour. So, <laughs> so we have a, a Michigan has a country music superstar, Drew Jacobs, uh, over in Port Huron, and he came on and and uh, hung out with us one night. Uh, he he's not a beer guy, so we drank bourbon. So you can see where that. <laughs> oh, went right on. I can do that. Just went to shit. Uh, <laughs> All right. I can tell you some uh, stories about Brian Tennis and bourbon. <laughs> we'll have to have you on as a special. Yeah, maybe, maybe you come back out with Brian Tennis. Yeah, uh, right. Yeah, come back up, Brian Tennis. Um, we can ask so. him what happened to his keys and his shoes. <laughs> it's like will, be, uh, instead of Michigan Brewers, it's gonna be Michigan Storytells. Like it's yeah. fun. Like <laughs> oh, there he is. No whiskey. No, that's no whiskey. <laughs> no what, Brian? That's loser talk right there. <laughs> uh, so we'll, uh, we'll we'll get something like that set up. Uh, yeah, yeah. Be fun. right on. I'm, um, a, I'm empty. I, I'm, I'm about empty. Yeah, I've got, well, I've got some Schwartz beer. I've got to finish off. Yeah, I've got, we'll, I got we'll finish that later. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we should do the housekeeping. Let's see. Next week we're taking the week off. Oh, every no, every, no, we're not. Isn't John Mallet on next week? No. No, it's Is a going to have Mallet's big brain on there. Yeah, uh, yeah John, John Mallet. John Mallet's going to be on the show on March 15th. Okay, 15th. So, okay, uh, okay. March 8th, we're taking a Monday off to give our livers a break. And then we're coming back on the 15th with John Dude, Mallet. He's, he's, John Mallet's coming in two days before St. Patrick's Day. It is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I feel like we have to do something for that. I don't we'll know what. We'll, we'll celebrate. We'll have <laughs> chew green, green malt. backgrounds or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> something like that. Uh, Mal, and then, Mal, uh, Mal, it's an amazing guy. You guys, you ever come up with some good questions for him? He's, We're excited. I, you know, we hear he's a talker. He's I'm a smart, actually, yeah, he's a smart, Mal, smart, smart man. I, I'm really hoping to actually only ask one question and then just let him talk. Uh, <laughs> I think, I think that's what might happen. Yeah. Uh, we had Andrew Blake on 
uh, from Blake Cider, and that mm-hmm. was pretty much how that show went. We asked him one question, and then sat back and drank cider. <laughs> he just that was a beautiful show. Yeah, it was a beautiful show. Not saying th- th- you guys were great, and I appreciate. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> one of my <laughs> one of my favorite breweries in Michigan, Stormcloud. Uh, as I said, my wife's going to make me move up there. Um, Frankfurt's beautiful. Uh, it is forty five minutes from Traverse City, but it is well worth the drive. And you'll uh, wind up staying there before you go back to Traverse City. I mean, so uh, thank you so much, you guys, for for hanging out with yeah, us guys. tonight. Yeah, seriously. Cheers. Uh, running into a two-hour show. Cheers. This one, Thanks yeah, for having us. It. Chris, Brian, thank Cheers. you. All right, guys. All right, so I'm going to do this. Uh, this is a joke every time we do it. We're going to do our outro, which yeah. you can totally hear us talk through the outro. So it's oh, already yep. started. See, they can hear yeah, us. There it is. Yep. Because I <laughs> fucked that up. So, <laughs> goodbye, everybody. It used to be okay, everybody. Be quiet for the outro. Goodbye. Bye.